I'm a follower of Jesus. It's the most important thing in my life. The most healing, healthy thing for the human brain is a belief in God and prayer. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the Spiritual Laws of Nature. We're in the middle of a series right now, the top 10 spiritual laws as determined by our listeners over the last 16 years and these are in no particular order. This week's I call Addiction versus Freedom. Addiction versus Freedom. How does that sound? Which do you want? <laughs> Dumb question, right? But you know what? It is a big question because in over 30 years of working with people, counseling, therapy, coaching, I don't know that I've ever had a single client that was not, that a lot of the reason he, was he or she was talking to me was either an addiction or a bad habit. Okay? That they, that they could not seem to break themselves. And so they were coming to me for help. So, what is that in your life? Are you completely free? And do you feel internally completely free? Or do you feel some degree of confinement? Some degree of, um, I'm not really totally free. Um, I, need, I, need to, I need for some things to change for me to feel completely, totally free. Um, most likely, if that's how you feel, you are doing one or more bad habits or addictions in your life. And I'll tell you in a few minutes why. Uh, because of the success, uh, relative success, of, of some of the books I've written, I've been really blessed to be able to travel and teach all over the world in the last 15 years. And I just love it, the, seeing the different cultures. There's, let, me, let me tell you, if you don't know, there's absolutely wonderful people everywhere. And, and getting to know them in all different parts and the, uh, learning a little about the history and stuff, I've, just, I've really enjoyed that. But one of, the, one of my uh, favorite things about those last 15 years, in fact, it may be my number one favorite thing, is I'd finished a workshop, a weekend workshop in Frankfurt. And uh, a lot of times when everything was over, we would go out to this big dinner that would, you know, last three hours and be seven courses. And uh, uh, I was exhausted by the end of it. But this time we didn't. Um, they know I love ice cream, so they took me to this wonderful ice cream place and we sat uh, outside on a perfect summer night and just had a fabulous time eating ice cream, talking, laughing. And the subject came up. This is why it was so meaningful to me. The subject came up. What happened in Germany when the Berlin Wall fell? You know, I saw that on television when Ronald Reagan stood up and said, Mr. Gorbachev, take down that wall. And it cert and then it came down. But I don't think I'd ever ask German people, how did you guys feel when that happened? Because they were all alive. The, one, the, one I, the ones I was eating ice cream with, they were all alive. 
And um, and I wondered, you know, were they happy? Were they happy but kind of guarded? Uh, we don't want them to come over and impose on our lifestyle. Uh, what effect will this have on our economy? Uh, I, I don't know. Those are just some things I wondered about. But the truth was nothing like that. Every one of those people uh, I was eating ice cream with, uh, they started crying, they started tearing up as they remembered that time, and they said, no, it was everyone in West Germany was thrilled. We were jumping up and down, cheering. We were hugging each other. People were honking their horns out on the streets. It was just uh, an incredible celebration. And, and I thought how cool that was uh, to feel that way, you know, about their neighbor, and, and in a lot of cases, even relatives. But the, my favorite story that night um, was from a gentleman named Lothar Rapdor. Great name, huh? Uh, he's become a friend of mine, and he works for Lufthansa, which is the biggest German airline. And he was telling me what happened uh, relative to his job in Lufthansa when the wall fell. He said that Lufthansa sent jets over to East Germany to bring people to various cities in West Germany, whatever city they wanted to go to. And here's what happened. The people would come up to the jet, basically just with the clothes on their back, sometimes not hardly anything else, and they would say something like this. I am from East Germany, and I would like to go to Frankfurt, but I don't have any money. And the captain, the flight attendants, everyone told them the same thing. For you, it is free. Come on in. Then they take the plane ride, land in a German city. They go to get, uh, walk out to the road and a taxi pulls up. And they say, I'm from East Germany. I'd like to go into the city, but I don't have any money. And the cab driver, every one of them, would say, for you, it is free. And, and usually say it with a smile, maybe even tears. And they would take them into the city. They walk around the city, they need something to eat, go into a restaurant, a nice restaurant downtown, where uh, a meal would cost quite a bit. I'm from East Germany, I'm hungry but I don't have any money. For you, it is free, and not just a meal, any meal you want. Um, then, then they go uh, that night, they need a place to sleep, they go to a hotel, same thing, I need a place to sleep, but I don't have any money. For you, it is free, and not our cheapest room, our best room, and we are honored to have you. How do you think that felt? to the East German people who experienced that? How do you think it felt to the West German people who, who were able to give it to these people that they loved and believed had been mistreated and wanted to embrace them again as not East or West Germans, but just Germans? Well, I think it felt really, really, really good for both of them. And I think those kind of feelings 
are what we're chasing when we get off into bad habits or addictions. What we want is freedom. That's what we all want, right? We will fight for that. In fact, that's the American story is fighting, being willing to die for our freedom. And that is something built in that every person has. But the thing that tends to take away our freedom more than anything else is not just somebody putting you in a jail. It is you choosing a bad habit or an addiction that puts you into mental, spiritual, and physical confinement. And you can feel it. Um, One of the things I've really... uh, enjoyed about the last 30 years in uh, psychology is that they're getting more and more away from IQ test. You know the old IQ test where they'd give it to you when you were a kid and they'd put that number on your forehead basically and that was your identity. And, and if your number wasn't very high then you, you're dummy or, or, or something like that. But in the last 30 years or so the research, the science, and, and uh, hundreds of books about multiple intelligences. And I believe this is exactly true, that, that there are hundreds of intelligences. Uh, engineering, um, uh, mathematics or something. But some people have very different intelligences. They're really unbelievable wood carver. Or uh, they're very good at teaching people, or they're good at writing instruction books, or they're, there's hundreds of them, okay? I have never met anyone, to my knowledge, that was not really good and passionate about something. And I mean way better than the average person really good and passionate about something. But far too often, in my opinion, they were, not, they were not living that gifting. They were doing something else just for money. Or they were, they were trying to do the gifting, but they were doing it with a whole bunch of addictions and bad habits. So they really weren't getting the freedom result of it. I think, we're only, I think we only feel truly free when we believe we are doing what we're supposed to do. The two pillars of what makes everybody okay or not okay internally are significance and security. And if you have a problem with either one of those, you're going to have big problems in life. Well, this is significance. Doing what you are gifted at and passionate about creates significance. Not doing it creates insignificance. Now, it doesn't mean you have to do it for a living. Maybe you do something else to put bread and butter on the table, but your hobby or a sideline thing is what you're gifted at and passionate about. But if you do not do it, you will never be in freedom. That may be a big part of why you're here. That's your contribution to the world. That thing that you are way better at than most people and passionate about. That's where breakthroughs come from in all areas. 
um, if, you, if you have a hard time accepting the multiple intelligences or think it's just kind of something made up to make people who aren't as smart feel better, you couldn't be more wrong. Um, one of my favorite examples is Glenn Doman. He, uh, uh, he wrote several books, How to Teach Your Baby Math, How to Teach Your Baby to Read. But really what he did is he took brain-damaged babies that probably none of them would have even gone to a normal school. Okay, brain damage, sometimes very serious brain damage. And he taught them math, he taught them to read, and, and a number of other things, but he taught them in a different way all right, a way that uh, our brains are far more powerful at than just the one plus one equals two linear learning. I'll give you an example. Uh, one of the common things among children who've been taught this way is they can be going down a road and the parents say, ah, look at that uh, field of cows, which is very common in Tennessee here where I live. Well, if one of these Doman kids was there, even four or five years old, that child might very well look over at that field of cows and say, 142. And if you went and counted them, they would be correct. Okay? Find your gifting. Find your passion. Find your specific intelligence, start doing it in love to contribute to the world, to your family, whatever, whether that's your paying job or not, and you are going to feel freer and freer and, and happier and happier. I have another word for bad habits and addictions. I call them love substitutes. We all know we would rather have the real thing right? But we get impatient or we think the real thing is not ever going to happen or for sure not going to happen as soon as I need it to happen. And so instead of working and waiting for the real thing in my life that is going to make me feel free and happy, I manipulate to make a love substitute happen. Okay? Um, instead of waiting and working to have sexual relations with, uh, uh, in a totally love, love uh, kind, of, kind of relationship where it is right and healthy for me to have sexual relations with this person. And when that happens, man, it is major fireworks, right? But instead of waiting for that, going to do porn. Or instead of, you know, a dish of ice cream uh, every other night with someone I love and care about and talk, you know, have a relational 30 minutes with that ice cream, uh, going and isolating myself and eating a half gallon a day. And, and, and there's hundreds of them. Um, gambling, lying, stealing, cheating, uh, all are really done to be love substitutes. Yes, I would rather have the real thing, but I'm going to choose to feel something good right now. And I'm going to manipulate if I have to, 
to make it happen. Uh, love substitutes will always leave you with, with a feeling of confinement, bondage, not freedom. In fact, typically, after you do a love substitute, you feel guilty about it because you knew that wasn't the best choice, the right choice, the love-based choice, the freedom choice. You know that, all right? So you get in this vicious cycle that a lot of times people never get out of. You will never be happy in your life until you get away from love substitutes and choose real love. Uh, The Harvard Grant study, the uh, largest study ever done on the human condition, done at Harvard, cost over $20 million, took 75 years. Uh, The end result, according to um, Dr. Grant, the caretaker of the study, happiness equals love, full stop. The only way to happiness is love. So if you are choosing and living love substitutes, that means you will be unhappy. There's no other way. From only real love comes the true freedom and happiness. So where are you? Where are you on that this week? Uh, Where are you on love versus love substitutes? Freedom versus negative habits and addiction. So write down, what are my habits and why do I do them and what feelings do I get from them? Am Am I doing at least as a sideline or hobby what I'm gifted and passionate about? And if you're not, you need to start that immediately. There's something in you that will never feel right until you are doing that. And then choose on a daily basis real love, not love substitutes. One leads to freedom. One leads to addiction and confinement. Thanks so much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.